Thanos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm. Welcome back to Million Dollar Agent after a four-week break. Hi, Aiden. Well, we've been here, but you, you better tell everyone where you've been because you've had a little <laughs> mid-year break. Correct. Uh, so, uh, and I know that everyone wants to... Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that I'll put all the photographs of the Acropolis up, uh, <laughs> all the sites. Um, so what was the best thing or place you visited while you were away? The best place, John, was the village that my uh, my mum comes from because her um, sh she still retained the original home which her mother had, and um, and you had your mum with you, and I had my mum with me. Like wow. so, what, so an, what an experience! So, so John, you know, the, like many people that listen to this podcast also follow uh, me on social media and they'll know that my mum's had a, a challenge we've all had a challenging time in the family yeah. because of the loss of my brother yeah. and and my mum had a dream she wanted to go to jerusalem yeah. and um it worked out i had to do a conference in london and i did a conference in greece and i just thought to myself this all lines up i'll take mum with me um so jerusalem is a is a fascinating place because um, you've got Jerusalem and then you've got Tel Aviv and they're like two different worlds, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Jerusalem is all uh, very uh, uh, about religion, you know. Historical. And historical. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite fascinating. In the one area, you've got Muslim corner, Christian corner, Jewish corner, um, Armenian corner. They're the four corners. So it's, it's interesting to see how these, you know, four different uh, faiths operate like they're all that in the in the one area and there's not a problem there at all and then you go to tel aviv which is a is that a, the capital tel, aviv? tel aviv's a capital is it's that a, where packer was living or lived? correct correct they, they say it's kind of amazing from a technology perspective there's huge money coming in there and well it's almost the, like a sort of a breakaway from silicon valley you would you tel aviv and i think you've summarized it well there's a lot of you know fintech companies there they choose um, to have their base there. It's a very, it's very vegan oriented. It's a very gay friendly city. It's very, um, it's very different to Jerusalem and they're only 45 minutes apart. Um, so it uh, sounds quite sophisticated. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think most people, including me, would have up until very recently thought of Israel, Tel Aviv is kind of the more historical end, which is you're saying it was Jerusalem. So, um, okay, well, delighted. You look like a movie star yet again. Yeah, well, I've got, you know, the, the, uh, the olive skin will... When, when you start olive, you go dark olive within 48 hours. So I'm doing every opportunity I can to do any photos uh, uh, at the, all the moment. All the promos have been done this week. Right? Right. <laughs> but uh, it's good so, to be... So should we update you about the Tigers while you've been away? Well... you probably missed the last... Well, John, I have to say, a lot happens in seven weeks because I clearly remember leaving and the Tigers were doing well. But the team that I can't get over is, when I left, St George Dragons were doing really well and I thought Penrith was going to come last. Yeah. And then when you land back and you open up the paper, Penrith is basically yeah, got a chance... Five or six, I think. Yeah. One, yeah. Um, and there was the writing was on the wall that you know Cleary looked like he was in a lot of trouble. He stayed calm. He's got a calm nature about him. So it's, I mean, and it's a great metaphor for business because things can dramatically change in seven weeks. Mm. Seven weeks is like you've come back. St George are looking at sacking their coach, and things aren't going good. Uh, Penrith is up. Tigers will. You know, it's 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 Friday's podcast, and Tigers are playing tonight versus Newcastle. Um, but I think, John, like, 
The good thing about the business that we operate, unlike say Apple or Johnson and Johnson, in a short period of time, you can go from slump to thrive. Well, it's interesting you say that because I was with Stefan Bertrand just before I came here out at Ride. Stefan's one of our top achievers. Two million dollar plus rider, isn't he? Yeah, two point two rider, but I reckon he'll get to three plus. He's got mm. a great team, and they were having their kind of beginning of financial year planning, which was very impressive. And uh, you know, long story short, he's telling me his commission rate's gone from one eight to two two in in since Eric. Mm. I said, awesome. So what happened? He said, you know, I was sitting at Eric and I had a cup of coffee with. Alex Jordan, who's one of our gurus from up in Paddington in Brisbane, great age and also similar figures. And he said to Alex, you know, what's your average commission? And Alex talked about that. He said, God, how do you get that much? He said, um, belief and courage. You've got to believe you're worth it. Then you have the courage to ask for it and shut up. And Stefan thought, that's it? He said, that's it, man. Don't complicate it. Stefan said, since he's come back, he's gone from 1.8 to 2.2 average since Eric. So that's exactly what you're saying, Tommy. And I love that, that... You can learn something on this podcast or on a book or a YouTube and at your next listing appointment and those future, you can take it into the lounge room and you can change your life. Yeah. And, and it's that fast. This is not an industry where you've got to learn something like and in 10 years you'll be able to master it and then 10 years later you'll be able to benefit from it. You can, you can actually benefit this afternoon yeah. from some of the conversations that we and others will you can have. Go, John, you can go from 1.8% commission to 2.2 or 2.3 overnight. Overnight. He left Eric, he said, every time now, he said, I'm just two and a quarter. And he said, I don't negotiate or haggle and I just go through the discomfort when someone says, come on, give us a better deal. And he said, that's, that's my fee, that's what I'm worth, I'm gonna add value. You know, and he said, believe me, you know, I'm gonna work my backside off 24 seven for you. And they say, okay. And he said, I can't believe it. He just took, and that wasn't even a speaker on the stage. That was someone he met in the break. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we say to Eric every year. I mean, you'll get a lot on stage, but you know, go to the trade expo, hang out with, meet people, gurus that you loved, and just say, can I buy your coffee? It's funny you bring up Alex Jordan because he's another guy that um, I didn't know much about. I was doing a conference, actually for McGrath's in Queensland, and one of the News Corp staff, because it was actually held at News Corp's office, they said, I'm letting you know one of the issues that we've got is the best writer for McGrath in Brisbane is not someone that uses print. Yeah. And um, I went over, I introduced myself, a lovely person. Great guy. Yeah. And um, he was very straight talking and he said, you know, Tom, I've got a very clear, specific model. Social media, Troy, you'd know with your, 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 the work that you do going into stage. Very big on social media. Um, and I've got to move on the way that my consumers have moved. He'd be writing, a, he's a $2 million writer. A million, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah but, but we'll be one of the top agents in the country. I mean, already is, obviously, but he and Bertrand, and you, you couldn't get two more different people. And, you know, energetically, Stefan's like a spinning, whirling dervish. He's kind of full of energy. And, and Alex, as you know, is, is intense and serious. Focused. And focused yeah. and, and quiet. Very different, but equally successful. And that, that in itself is a great model for all our listeners that kind of doesn't matter what your natural persona is. As long as you live it and you improve it, that doesn't mean that you know there's not room for improvement in it. But if you're living your authenticity... So yeah, okay, very good. Now it's Q&A Friday, it's usually Q&A Tuesdays, but since it's Friday, um, and thank everyone that sort of said to us, where are you? We're glad that someone missed us. I think you got one text, Troy, didn't you? Yeah, just one, just one text. No, just Where joking. the hell are you guys? So for that one person, we appreciate the fact that we meant something to you. 
And if anyone else is listening in, um, it, 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 it's interesting. You you only realise uh, that uh, it's only when something's not on, and if someone cares about it, that you realise, hey, it's 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 of value, you know. Well, some do, some, some do, you know. Do. But the other uh, thing is that our viewers actually the number of plays for the episodes. I get a rundown uh, of each one of the episodes. And we maintained the same listeners. So the great news is that that natural archive of all the other episodes we've done leading up to 221, where we are yeah. now, people are still going back and listening to those other episodes. So it's kind of a nice thing Good. to say is that... It two, is it, so it's 221 um, episodes. episodes. You, you, could do, you could do that over a long weekend, just binge on... Um, could. You could. What would you binge on that when you can binge on MDA? Why would you listen to that, Jibber, when you can listen to us, Jibber? <laughs> Now, okay, you, so now John, you, you've basically said you don't want to know the questions, no. so I'm just going to ask you, I'll even give you a, a brief moment of pause and uh, reflect on your answer, and Troy, I want you to chime in here. Um, question uh, number one, what is the fastest way to spread your name in a farm area that is dominated by another agent, assuming you are new to the market? Good question. Yeah, good question. We get a lot, of, obviously, especially from people that are relatively new to the game and if they enter an area where there's domination. So first thing is mindset. Before the person that's dominant was dominant, they weren't. And that might sound silly or simplistic, but you've got to remember that that person has built up momentum, but before they had momentum, they had inertia. So you've got to kind of just get your mindset that you can do it. Number two is um, I think that building a great business, the fastest way to do it is one handshake at a time, one phone call at a time, one open print inspection. I don't think there's any big mass social media strategy that you do and you're dominant. I think people in the community notice you. In fact, I saw, oh, I want to get back to that, 50, I saw a statistic the other day, Troy, it was on, uh, I think it might have been for that Bill Caskey with um, that yep. uh, master selling and he talked about 57% of people have already almost decided on who they're going to use before they call you in, Yeah, meaning they're observing you and have been for some months, three, six, nine, twelve, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. People are not, we're an industry where we're very um, obvious in the, in the market, you know, people see us in our offices, in our cars, in the community, in open homes, and they're observing. So I would say um, the best way is realise that every single person you meet, speak to, deal with, help, buy a coffee from, buy lunch from, is an important part of the community and just build relationships. The Uber driver you jump in this afternoon, check in how's their family, how's their day, how long have they been driving, what got them into driving, where are they going to next, what are they studying. So I think that that's kind of where it goes. So re realise that you can achieve momentum quickly. Third one is at a listing level, and, and obviously Tom, you've got to, to get momentum, you need listings. I would look for what's the soft underbelly of the dominant agent. Mm. Some people say, oh, you know, he's a principal and he's been here 20 years. To me, I could go in there and create a very good argument that say being a principal in an area for 20 years is a, is a significant disadvantage. We just heard about Alex Jordan, yeah. who's taken a different tack to the most of the industry. Yeah. And in his market anyway, it's working. You know, he's taken a social media tack, a digital only tack, a, whatever and he's very new to the industry relatively new anyway so i think you've got to um you've got to think okay principal got a lot of distractions a lot yeah. of things to do not fully focused on listing and selling got to deal with all the problems in the business pay all the bills etc etc 
Um, having been there 20 years, the industry's changed massively in the last three to five, so they're probably not on the leading edge, probably. So can I go digital only? Can I go this? Can I do that? Can I go auction? Can I do private treaty if they're going auction? Can I do a lot of off-market sales? You've got to find is what is your point of difference you can offer to the market. Um, so I think, yeah, and the last one is obviously raving fans. So who you are in the community every day, that's what I call you, Inc. Yeah. Then there is, what's your point of difference when you're in the lounge room? Because mm. there are points of difference from new and less experienced people and non-principals. Um, and the third one is, you know, are you creating raving fans? You've, you've got to start with that SWOT analysis and work out what are the strengths and weaknesses of the top three performers. Don't worry about the market dominant one, work out what are the top three performers doing? Because if you're in that top three, you're going to get called in on the shopping list. Yeah. And we know the two reasons why people won't pick you during the whole presentation is if they didn't know who you were or they didn't think you were the best person for the job. Yeah. So to get on the shopping list and be known who you are, that's the first step. And then realise what, what are they really good at and what are some of the things that you can emphasise. The other thing is you've got to start really with that long-term view of let's run a marathon, not a sprint. Let's track listings, let's attend open for inspections, let's work with 25 hot buyers right from the word go. Basics. Basics. Back to the basics and then work out what's the strategy to build momentum. So what are you doing out in the marketplace every single week to make sure that people know who you are? And it's small pieces. It's not one thing that's going to actually make a difference. It's a thousand little things done right that's going to create momentum I, I, for on you. On that one, Troy, I heard uh, your man Braithen Astor um, talking on one of the footy shows about Cam Smith's 400 games, right? Yeah, phenomenal, huge. Anyway, he, he just said, you know, with all due respect to Cam, and I'd say it to his face, and he'd probably say it about himself, he's not a superstar talent-wise in any one area, like there are some, but he said he gets the basics right. He said he's got solid defence. He's got a great mind. He said he's fit as a Mallee bull. Um, he said he's got a great kicking game. And maybe think of that Scott Adams that talks about skill stacking. Mm -hmm. And he just said, you know, and, and Smith turns up every week. I think he might have missed nine games in, yeah. out of 400. <laughs> so you think about that taken out of the business. Turn up is what you were saying. Yep. Get the basics right. You don't have to be a particular superstar in any one thing. You need to be doing everything very, very well. So I thought that was good. The other thing that I thought of Tom, Josh, Tesla, that you did yeah. a great. Where where can the listeners see that interview? Is that so in the real estate gym, or if they go into a YouTube, they'll get bits of it uh, on there. Um, he's, so your he's, gym members get it? Yeah, yeah. I, I just you know I hadn't heard of him until I saw that, and then someone else mentioned him, and then coincident events, I, I met him, and I was very impressed with him. But he told me something. And this is for new people, by the way. He's been in the game like two years. Yeah. And he this did 86 sales, yeah. and he's done 1.2 million, average sale price like 6650. So the guy's a superstar. And he was telling me that his pipeline listings, so all the people that he's spoken to or met that are thinking of selling in the next three to six months, they probably get an SMS, personalized SMS daily from him saying, hey Tom, just thought I'd let you know, property in 10 Smith Street, it's just listed, it's very similar to your home, you should go and check it out. Hey Tom, I just sold one last night for you know six eighty. It's very similar to your property. I'll send you a link. Check it out. So he talks about consistency, frequency, and relevance. Like he's giving them information. So I got to tell you, I'm sure there was someone before he started, and he's you know one point two million two years ago. There must have been someone in that area who was dominant. In fact, there is. I've forgotten her name, but he's uh, oh rumor. Rumor does yeah. very very well, and and rumor still does very very well. But he's come in now and he's probably knocked out a lot of the other competitors because Room is still successful and he's now very successful. 
Um, and he's just taken a different path, and he's all he's all about a bit like AJ Alex Jordan. You know, he's about the social media, very big for him. Investing about fifteen hundred dollars per campaign in social on top of whatever else he's doing. And I just think it's you know there are so many success secrets out there that are, well, they're not secret because these people are very generous in sharing it. Rumor shared it. Josh shares it. Um, so you know, John, the the thing I've noticed is you can actually become a dominant attraction agent in a fraction of the time it used to be, right? Yes, like you, you, you can see people enter real estate three, four years ago and they're flying and they're doing as good, if not better, than some agents um, that have been there for decades. And, I, and I'm not gonna mention the name because he, was, he probably doesn't want me to mention the name, but he was honest enough. He's, he's an attraction agent that's been writing two million plus and he said, Tom, my issue is, I don't do the things I used to do, right? Bang. I don't used to. So he goes, my biggest threat is that someone's going to come along and do those things. And I said, why don't you? And he says, look, it's a combination of, you know, you've got four kids, you've got to go home, you're running your business, you're, you're not going to sit there. And um, like he said to me, I want to make sure if I'm going out to a listing presentation that it's probably going to be coming on the market in the next four or five weeks. I don't have the appetite and energy to be working on something that's going to come on the market in a year or two year and nurture. So you listen to that, Tommy, the agent, and we're not being specific about who that is, but there's there's plenty of them around like that. The agent that just started, they need to know that that's the mindset of a lot of their competitors is they're a bit distracted, they're a bit tired, they've been doing it a while, they're kind of, you know, some of them are half burnt out, some of them are fully burnt out. So this is where the Josh Cheslin energy daily frequency, new new initiative, I'm doing things like this, Other everyone else is doing that, here's why this works. So I think it's, you know, we could wrap it on about this all day, but I do think it starts with mindset that you must believe that there is a strategy and a, a set of things you can do and a way of doing them that can project you, as it did with Josh Teslin, to superstar status within two years. Next question, we got okay. another one for yes. Friday. What is the best approach to chase expired listings without having commission breath? Well, the first thing, pick the phone up because I reckon most people don't chase them. Mm. I've heard people say, oh, look, everyone's chasing them and they must be hounded. And whether that's right or not, you've got to be one, you've got to be in the race. Expo to... John, when me and you were uh, listing and selling real estate full time, expired listings was um, in every training course, whether it was an ill gentleman course or one that you did in your franchise network, um, real estate agents knew that there was a process there. A lot of agents would drive the streets, write down the day the signboard went up, write down you know which agent had it. So there was, it was, there was a big focus on it. And maybe it had to do with the fact that in a lot of Australia and New Zealand, the market's been hot. So there's been about five or six years where real estate agents sort of thought, oh, well, there's no point chasing expires because everything's going to sell. But that changed in the last two years. Yeah, yeah it did. But even in the, in the hot markets, you know, if 93% sell, 7% don't. So you've got to be chasing no matter what the market. For me, it's just the discipline of chasing, whether, whether there's one listing a month or 12 listings a month. So, you know, for those that maybe some people aren't exactly sure, so expireds are a property that goes to the market with one of your competitors that doesn't sell during the agency period, which is generally auction plus 60 days or 90 days from the listing. 
So my view is, obviously it's got to be done with ethics, so you need to make sure that they're not engaged in a, in a current exclusive agency with someone. You know, high integrity selling is critical. Two is you've just got to pick up the phone and go and meet them. So um, how do you, the commission breath bit is, well it's an interesting one because the commission breath is kind of when you're with them. First you make the appointment to go see them and that's a very simple phone call. Tom, I noticed you seem to have a really nice home, it was on the market, I saw the signboard go down, I haven't seen any indication that it had sold, I was just checking if you have sold, and if you haven't, would you sell if you could get your price? Well, yeah, I'm really disappointed, the other agent told me I'd get 900, I took it to auction, as you probably know, it passed in for 790, 800, and, you know, I think I'll probably just stay here. So then, you know, it opens up the opportunity. Well, look, I can't promise anything, but I'd love the opportunity to meet with you, and even if I give you a second opinion, it might indicate whether there's anything that perhaps we could improve upon. So it's not hard to get in there, because clearly these people have self-selected, they would like to sell, and there's probably a reasonable likelihood that they're a little bit disappointed as well, if you haven't sold. And, uh, John, and, and, and Troy, you might want to chime in as well. At what point do you think, so most agency agreements run for 90 days. Mm -hmm. At what point do you think the vendor is starting to say, hey, we may have a problem here, I think you'd have to say that if you're 45 days into a 90-day program and you're not close to a sale, everyone's a little bit frustrated. Most people would, would expect to, to sell within a couple of months and should expect to sell, by the way. I mean, if you're pricing it right, presenting it right, marketing it right, Troy, I mean, uh, who was I? Oh, Josh Tesla, I saw on his Instagram feed today, 86 sales last year, 26 days on market, mm. average. I reckon, yeah, definitely the two weeks post-auction if it's an auction campaign. So 30 days for an auction campaign, then you've got another 14 days. That's when I think you start to realise that something's misaligned. But it goes back to the first point, Tom. Expireds and being known in the area kind of work side by side in some regards. You know, if you're known in the area, you're possibly on the shopping list, that's where you show your wares. Second time around, if you're chasing as expireds, I think you've got to go with the client's best interest. Maybe their expectations are too high. So what questions are you asking them and what value are you providing the client? Maybe the best recommendation is for them to take it off the market. Yeah. So not all business, I guess, you would chase around expires is, is great. Um, but in saying that... that right. my, my view is, uh, which is where you were going, I'm sure, you have to go and see them and your view is not to list the property but to give them whatever is the best advice correct. to achieve their goal. Yep. And you're right, maybe they want a million and they, unless they get a million, they can't move and it's really worth 850 and the best thing you can do is say hey dude seriously if you have the, if your only option is at a million i'd be i'd just be planning put the second story on or whatever yep. sell your other investment property because i think this is going to be a while before this is worth a million and that's where the commission breath thing tom which was your your call was uh, your your interview question was around how do you avoid commission breath is you take the take the pressure off of you getting the listing and you put the emphasis on you adding value so I walk in there to a listing, uh, expired listing, and all I'm here to do is ask you questions, try and identify perhaps why it hasn't sold, give you advice, whether you take it with me, another agent, your existing agent, I don't care. I would like to say, you know, Tom, really, I think that fourth bedroom, you know, needs to be styled, and I'd clean up the ceiling in the dining room because it looks like there's an old leak problem there. People pick that up and I noticed you've been doing it by private appointment, I would bite the bullet and open it for inspection, you'd massively improve your chances, and I think you're 50 grand over the market, I'd adjust your price, I think if you do those four things, you'll have a sold sign up in a month. And 
off the back of that, they might go back to their agent and say, well, why don't we do all these four things? And they might do them and sell with the agent. I don't care. Mm. Yeah. I just want to get it sold because, you know, that's my job is to help the community move from where they are to where they want to be. And I do find most of the time they say, God, my agent hasn't raised any of this with me. And, well, you know, we should talk about you doing it because I think we need a fresh energy. Okay, well, I'm happy to talk to you about that. You know the other thing you said when you were full-time selling, Tom, you used to drive past and write down the day of the signboard. You don't even need to do that anymore. Yeah. A lot of the portals out there actually track the listing date and they track the expiry date. So something like a call logic RP data, they've actually designed a tab that says expired listings. Yeah. And you actually hit that yeah. tab and it comes yeah. up in your area. Yeah. So and it's simply for that And that's the point that I'm trying to make is that still people don't do it. So for those smart ones, the ones that are listening to this podcast, get out there and start chasing the ones that have been, because days on market have increased in a lot of areas that we, we, we the sure metropolitan areas. You've summed it up because when occasionally I get a gym member that asks me this question, I'll, uh, I'll always say, what are you doing at the moment? Mm. And they'll normally respond, not 100%, but I'd say three quarters of the time, I'm not doing any of it. I want to work out what's the best way to go about it. So I actually think that sometimes people get caught over-analyzing yep. the best way. I think, I think that a lot of the times is you have a conversation, you read the play, and you head in the direction that the client wants you. I think step one is actually what you said at the start, is to do it. Pick the phone up. Yeah. It's funny, exactly you talk about that. One of the things, and I'll probably quote this in some future podcasts, the Josh Teslin catch-up, because... He just he gave me a fresh perspective. You've got you, you, he he's energised you, isn't he? Oh, you, you, I just, you've mentioned I him love a few meeting, times today. Yeah, you know, I love meeting people that are kind of just getting it done and whatever. And I said to him, because you know a lot of people talk about what's your CRM and what computer do you use. I said to him, so what CRM do you use? He said, John, to be honest, there is one in the office. I don't know. He said, there's my CRM, and he held his <laughs> iPhone up. He said, yeah. that's it. He said, all my contacts are in there. I've tagged all the people that are um, pipelines. Yeah. I just go to that group of people and I start texting every morning. What about this? What about that? And he, he, the other thing is he set up a WhatsApp group. Yeah. He says, so Tom and Sewell, would you mind? I know you're not ready to sign yet. And you're still thinking about whether to sell, but I have a private closed group for my clients that are in the same boat as you and they're thinking of selling in the next few months. I'd love to add you to that group because that gives you all my insights and all the activity that I'm doing that may not be publicly available and obvious. So if you go into there once a day, you'll just get a sense of, what I'm doing and, and they all say yes so he adds them on so he's got like 60 people on his whatsapp group and it's just all yeah, every day exchange this one today happy vendor uh, just got this one listed uh, auction this Saturday come along and have a look and he's just doing that so it's a system it's a system it's you know that's oh, that, that's a that's a great John I mean anyone that's listening right now should do that immediately and I can't, I was listening to a podcast by James Altucher, someone that you put mm. me on to, and he was interviewing a guy called Daniel Greenstein. I'm not sure, he's got, he's got a, uh, the, one of the biggest search engines that competes against Google, but it's much smaller. And this guy, the book's called Super Thinking, and he was talking about a concept called availability bias. Mm -hmm. and, what, and what it is, is this, it's a very interesting concept. And he said, if, have you ever had a, a review of a staff member? And um, James said, yeah. And he goes, did you notice that even though it was a 12-month review, what you probably did is assess that person on how they'd been in the last month or so. And if they had been incredible in their work, you gave them a better review and a better pay 
than what you, you, you haven't logically gone in and look at a 12-month performance. And what I think Josh has proved there, availability bias. If someone's about to make a decision on putting their house on the market, the person that's hitting them on WhatsApp, mm -hmm. the person that's hitting them with an email, text. the person that's getting on the phone, the person with the text, that is availability bias. And I think that if you understand this, you know, this... It's recency too, right? Recency, yeah. So, uh, the other thing is he, he doesn't use email. Well, he does, but he hardly ever uses email. He says it's all about SMS, WhatsApp. Um, Direct messages, social. And social media. That, that's, that's where, and obviously phone calls. So he just says, I don't find email. He said, it feels old fashioned to me. He said, I put them on my WhatsApp group. I send them a text every morning. I call them up as regularly as I think I can. I can, I can see why the guys are winning. Because you've got another agent that's got a database of 5,000 people. He's treating every person in that database the same. Then you've got Josh coming along. He's smart enough to know that these people are coming on the market. The heat's on. I'm going to be all over them, over-service them, over-service them. He's using technology intelligently to stay in contact with them on multiple touch points. Let me give you one. This one, I love this cute little tip. You know the one I'm going to talk about, Troy. So when he, when he adds a new pipeline, so Tom and Tulipanos ring up and he puts your name, before he puts your name on, on his contacts list, he puts a little money bag, like a little little money emoji. emoji. Yeah. And so all his pipelines got a money emoji. So every morning when he gets up, he goes to the um, contents page, he just hits the money emoji and they all come down because that's how they're all grouped. So it's a way of grouping them. Yeah. And he kind of just says, you know, he thinks, okay, this, where's my next, you know, sort of, uh, you know, my next listing going to come from? And he does, so I've just started doing it. I'll just show you here. Luke readers won't be able to listen to it to see it. But um, so I now go to here. So the people that I'm now now coaching, yeah. I just go to emoji. I put my little fire signal. And they come up. And I start calling them and ringing them each day. So he, if you'd imagine that for him as little money bags of these people. But what a great simple. I love that. I just like people thinking about. It. And I've told this to some of my agents. They've been doing it and they love it. And it's almost a gamification, Troy. It's kind of fun and it's kind of got, you know, whether you put a little fireplace <laughs> or a little emoji. What, what do you think our emojis would be for John, Tom? <laughs> for me, what you, you, you know, the one you close your eyes, you're going to be That's definitely the one that John thinks of me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, well, anyway, I'll tell you what, we'll go through his phone afterwards and see what he's got you down. But I, I, think that, I think that's a great, I think that's a great concept. I think that's a great concept. And I think we've got to start accepting that... Um, this mobile phone, this thing's a damn weapon. I mean, at the end of the it's day... It's a supercomputer. It's a supercomputer. This thing here, you can be operating your whole life, your whole business out of a mobile phone and a car in 2019. And um, it's funny that you talk, talk about um, uh, um, emojis and that. I know it was, I think it was Rick Sorayo said to me, the next 10 listings that are coming on the market, he has got them under the letter X in his mobile phone. He presses the letter X, and what happens exactly the same. is those 10 come up. So whether you're sitting at Bondi at a cafe or whether you're sitting at the sofa at home, you press the letter X and you say to yourself, what can I do this moment that is going to add Perfect. value to this person? That's exactly what Josh is There's, there's so many excuses out there about picking the right CRM and knowing what to do and how to do it. That's such a simple concept. And just if you just focused on Alex, five Alex people. Phillips is another one. We interviewed Alex Phillips's... PA, Prue. And I said to Prue, this was an interview in the real estate gym on what world class looks like as, as a PA. And I said to Prue, what's the CRM system that you guys are using? 
and off the top of my head, it was something along the lines of, we've got the big office one, but Alex likes to use simple, something simple and like basic. Microsoft Exchange, I think. And I think it was an Outlook or something. Outlook, yeah, exactly right. Something, something like that. I could be wrong. Outlook but, contacts. But it was, you know, and I know that I've, Ivan, Ivan, when I did the interview with Ivan Bresik, Ivan Bresik had a simple Outlook sheet that had A, B, C's. He yeah. goes, that's A's hot, B's medium, C's cold. Well, we, uh, we've had a... I enjoyed this podcast because yeah. I've actually got enough content there to produce uh, something for the real estate gym next week. I was, I've, and and, and I, think, I think what has been good about this is don't make it fancy because yep. fancy gets broken easy. Keep it simple. And next week we'll know whether the Tigers won, so we'll talk to you more about that next week. Yes. Okay, so... Wishful uh, thinking. Troy, good to see you again. <laughs> good to see you, Tommy. John, Welcome back. Good to see you Welcome again. Welcome back. Welcome back. MDA's back. See you next week. See you next week, guys.